Today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. We were uh, playing a clip of, of the debate and, and what Donald Trump had said about Joe Biden always wearing a mask and how that has sort of come around to bite him. Uh, oddly enough, just hours before uh, testing positive for COVID-19, here's what the president had to say about the virus. Through advances in treatment, we have reduced the fatality rate by 85% since just April. We are on track to develop and distribute a vaccine before the end of the year and maybe substantially before. And I just want to say that the end of the pandemic is in sight. All right, let's bring in Claire Finkelstein, professor of law and professor of philosophy, University of Pennsylvania Law School, and is with us now. Claire, thanks for the time. Hope you're doing well. Fine, yes, thanks for having me. It's better than the president today. Yeah, Claire, what was your reaction when you first heard the news? Uh, my my first reaction, of course, I'm, I'm sorry for him. I'm sorry for his wife. I hope they recover. Um, but um, my first reaction was, uh, why did it take so long for him to get sick, given the hmm. refusal to take precautions? Um, and the insistence on endangering not only himself and his family, his aides, his cabinet members, but members of the public. Uh, and he's done that in multiple different ways. He has refused to accept the precautions that are recommended by his own Center for Disease Control to wear a mask. Uh, he has insisted under many circumstances that people around him actually remove their masks, that they not wear the mask. The staff at the debate just recently were not wearing masks. He was not wearing a mask. As you mentioned in the opening clip, he ridiculed Joe Biden for wearing a mask. He has told his supporters not to wear masks. He has uh, ridiculed the need to stay six feet apart, and he's held just and as he just did in Bedminster, a major campaign rally where people were not social distancing. So when you flout all the recommendations that science has to offer on how to deal with this deadly virus, that you raise the chances substantially that you will get sick, but also that you endanger people around you. And his leadership on this has endangered many, many people in the United States. And uh, and as I say, his own family and his own staff. Uh, obviously, Claire, we know his position on this, uh, you know, for 29 weeks now. How does he sell this now? How does he sell this now that he has what he has called a hoax? How does he how does he come? Yeah. Let's assume he recovers. How does he come out the other end of this and sell it? Well, this hoax is going to be very uncomfortable for him, not only his personal health, but for how he runs a campaign now. I mean, this has been a major plank of his reelection bid. He has not only, you know, done all the things that I just mentioned, but he's made war on governors, particularly Democratic governors, who were trying to put stay-at-home orders in place. Um, he was he was fostering dissent to those orders among supporters, speaking directly to people and telling them to reject the restrictions on them. Uh, there, there have been lawsuits. There have been rallies. Uh, there's been every manner of resistance to all of the measures that would uh, help get the virus under control. And he has been visibly and obviously behind that resistance. 
that's been part of his appeal to a an American population with a very strong individualist bent. It wouldn't sell in Europe, but it sells to an American public. And now he has to reverse course. He cannot continue in that vein. And his entire platform, therefore, has sort of fallen apart. Do so we what really going to do now to sell himself? So uh, will I guess we really don't know how he will react until we realize how seriously or uh, how ill he is. Is he seriously ill? Is right. he not ill? I could see him coming out of this, and if he comes out of this relatively unscathed, say, "Look, I'm a seventy-some-odd-year-old guy, and I'm fine. What's the problem here?" But if he if if he turns out to to be ill and quite ill, perhaps like the leader of the UK, Boris Johnson, uh, was that that's a different tone. Well, he has two comorbidities, and I'm, you know I'm not a medical expert, but this is what I hear the medical experts saying, which is he is 74 years old, so he is an older American, and age is absolutely a risk factor. Um, older men are up to twice as likely to die from COVID-19. Um, I understand the women of the same age. Um, and so an older male puts him at a great risk and he is morbidly obese. And that is an enormous risk factor. And so he, he surely will not have an easy time of it. So I doubt that he can come out saying, you know, what's the big deal? I think the message is, messaging is going to have to change. Now, as Nancy Pelosi, a Speaker of the House, pointed out today in her um, really excellent press conference, uh, she said, look, this is time for us to look at the HEROES Act, an act that would um, put funding in place for precautions that the country badly, badly needs uh, for virus, um, for, for a uh, immunization uh, to develop a vaccine to um, to to put the resources that the states need to fight this for treatment and so on and so forth. And I think that bill, which has been, you know, the president has set himself against uh, members, uh, majority in the Senate has set itself against, uh, may now have a chance of passage. So there might be some good that would come out of this where um, the Republicans start Stop fighting these precautions so hard. Start uniting, perhaps, with Democratic efforts in the states to get the virus under control. And maybe there's a chance for some kind of bipartisan, um, you know, coordination, at least a, a diminution of acrimony around this so that we Could can get our country out of this problem. Obviously, uh, you know, the irony here is, is, well, it's obvious. Uh, what about the sympathy vote? Could this work for the president? Uh, obviously, he's made a call here. It was the wrong one. Now he's sick. He, he will pay the price in that respect. But is there a chance this could work for him in the sense that now he has a sympathy vote? Yeah, it did for Boris Johnson. So that's, you know, Boris Johnson had, when he got better and he was very sick, I mean, he was on a ventilator and so on. Uh, he he had a big bounce in popularity in the polls and was um, able to get a lot of his agenda through, uh, it's being said, that he couldn't do before because of this increase in sympathy. I think it is unlikely to work that way for Donald Trump, however, mainly because of that first factor I gave. I mean, Boris Johnson did not set himself against preventative and treatment measures that 
He was, you know, is very different in the UK. Here, it's been a major, major rallying cry. And with all the civil unrest that's happened in this country, um, in demonstrations uh, sparked by Black Lives Matter movement, but what has really been injected in there is this kind of right-wing resistance element, and that a lot of that has at least um, played off of the resistance to restrictions in the state. So I think it's too bound up with our politics that he has been against any of uh, any of the measures, and and we have more than two hundred thousand people dead in this country. Um, it was you know, bad in the UK, but not to that extent. How does his base justify this? How does his base digest this news? I think they're going to have a problem with it. I mean, they you know these are people who were so fanatically devoted to him that when he said you know, famously several months ago that, you know, maybe the thing to do is to get bleach inside the body. Mm. People were drinking and and there were a number of cases of poisonings because his followers were literally willing to drink bleach or inject bleach, um, you know, purchasing ultraviolet lights to shine them. I mean, it was just unbelievable. Um, and now, you know, what treatment is he going to um opt for he'll he'll opt for for himself and for his wife he will opt for the treatment that medical science recommends not you know voodoo science um drawn from the odd recesses of his of his brain so um he will not be drinking bleach for his treatment his followers are going to see that he's going to want real medical care and guess what the white house is having you know, our government, think about the number of people who are potentially infected because of Hope Hicks, because of him. Um, Hope Hicks was exposed to Jared Kushner. You know, who knows how many people, if Kushner turns out to be positive, whether or not he has infected people. The government can be in a state of paralysis because of this. And in order to avoid that, they're going to have to take all the recommended steps that Trump has been ridiculing. They're going to have to engage in contact tracing. They're going to have to engage in extensive testing. Uh, they're going to start, I think we're going to start seeing precautions. I think we're going to see people wearing masks in press conferences, which we haven't seen before. Uh, this is going to be a game changer, and his followers are going to have to digest that because it's not going to be the same old you know, business as usual. Uh, last question. What is being said in the war rooms of each campaign today? What, what is going on in the Republican war room? What is going on in the Democratic war room today? Well, the first question is, uh, President Trump was on a on a debate stage with Joe Biden for 90 minutes with those two men yelling at each other. And he was presumably already infectious at that point. Um, so, you know, question, is Joe Biden okay? Right? That, that's the first thing we need to know is do we have... News that we're hearing now is that he the news that we're hearing now, Claire, is that he is he has tested negative. So uh, Vice President Biden is negative. I did not know that. That's important. So, okay, so that's number one. Then number two is what happens to the debate schedule. So we have the, you know, vice the vice president debate is the next one. But then on October 15th is supposed to be the next debate. Um, next presidential debate. Now, you know, I'd be willing to bet that that is not going to happen. I do not think uh, it's likely that the president is going to be ready to 
to jump into that debate, though maybe he will be. And so what are they going to do? Are they going to cancel the debate? Will they uh, transform it into a second vice presidential mm. debate? Um, you know, what happens now on the campaign trail? So that's sort of the first question that I would have. But it absolutely throws, you know, those yeah. The pattern, the, the the timeline, everything that was planned into into total disarray. Claire Finkelstein has been with us, professor of law and professor of philosophy, University of Pennsylvania Law School. Claire, as always, thank you so much for the time. Much appreciated. Be well. Thanks for having me, Scott. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to three on nine hundred CHML.